His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. <laughs> that honestly gives what it's supposed to give as far as He was as anxious. Anxiety. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Hottest Wellness Podcast. I've got time with Sherry and Shakayla. Here we discuss personal growth, relationships, and healing to become aligned with the best version of ourselves. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. What's poppin'? I used to love that song. Shout out to Hurricane Chris. It was a jam. He made me want beads again. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I holler at the club, it's time to get my groove on. <laughs> I don't even know. Is that the same song or is that yeah. something different? Oh. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm making it. You know? <laughs> Taking it one day at a time. Felt. Living my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Um I'm alright. You sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm alright. Just alright. All right. <laughs> you guys let us know in the comments how you're doing. How you doing? Shout out Wendy. I hope she's doing okay. She's done a lot for the culture. A lot of bad things, but... I feel like she's lucky getting things, her too. I don't want to get into that. Okay, well. Um, do you have anything to... Get off your chest this week. You want to get into that? <laughs> um, I don't have anything to get off my chest. Nah. <clears throat> um, this week a old video from last year's Met Gala resurfaced of Madonna's daughter. Her name's like Lourdes. And mm-hmm. she was on the carpet, you know, posing, giving her thing. And she like made it a point to show her underarms and the fact that they were not hairless. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell she was doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And in the video comments, oh my God, it was so ridiculous talking about how it's unhygienic and women shouldn't just be doing that and it made me think about the one episode we did when we were talking about um keep sweet no bray mm-hmm. yeah and we were talking about that we were talking about body hair and like how really people not wanting women to have body hair is rooted in pedophilia. And I just thought that was so weird. And I feel like more people really need to educate themselves, you know? I stopped shaving. I don't shave my underarms no more. I know some people feel like they can't because they feel like they get too out of control. But body hair is there for a reason. It's for protection of our skin and our pores. Mm -hmm. So... I just thought that was weird and everything that they would come for her like that. 
Yeah, it was another video going around on the internet. It was like this weird sex party that these women were having. And one of the ladies, she lifted her arm up and she had hair in her arms. And her brother was like, oh, that's so nasty. Nah, all that other stuff. It's like, this is a grown adult. (laughs) And how is this affecting you? This question. Can I get that? Yeah, you can. Don't do it. <laughs> I feel like that's questions we ask ourselves every day. Like, a lot more people would be at peace if they would not be worrying about things outside of themselves and other people and what they're doing and their behaviors and habits because why do you care if it's not hurting anybody what's the problem and why are these natural things that happen why are they so gross to people like it's hair i mean the simple reason is sexism but that's what it comes down to. That's crazy to me. I did want to discuss if you guys know who Tabria Majors is. She's a plus size model. She was the one a few years ago. She was like doing all those different Beyonce videos. She's a dancer too. She came out this weekend. She was like speaking against Emily. I think I'm pronouncing this right. Is Radajowski. It's so funny. You know what's so funny to me? It's like, you know how white people be acting like they can't pronounce black people name or even like foreign people name, but then Mm -hmm. they be having names like this shit. (laughs) And they be pronouncing it like so clear. like Uh, They understand all the, uh, what do they call? All the consonants. 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 (laughs) What is consonants? (laughs) I know what incontinence is. What's that? It's when you can't hold your bladder. Oh. Yeah, yeah. not that. <laughs> you ever see those, um, I don't want to call them diapers, but the pen commercials and they'll be like, do you have a leaky bladder? <laughs> this is getting way off topic. But anyway, so Emily was in this photo shoot and she was like in plus size pants and she's a very thin woman already she was like in both of her legs was in one side of the pants like the jeans and then she had the jeans like stretched out like to her side like you know when like people lose weight and they'd be like oh this is how many inches i lost it was like that but it was like a whole person and um So, Tabria really took an issue with this because her as a plus size model, she felt offended by it. Like, basically, it was fat phobic. Look. Without context to the original photo, outside of just the image, I don't understand how it was offensive. Mm Mm-hmm. There's nothing offensive about the photo itself. Now, it was for a magazine. Maybe if it was for an article like that has some fatphobic things in it, then I can get it. 
But if it's just off the photo alone, there's nothing offensive about the photo. Mm-hmm. It's editorial work. It's probably a statement piece. Or just something somebody thought of that had nothing to do with being fat phobic. Okay, so Tabria quoted says, this shows they can make bigger sizes. They can sell bigger sizes, but God forbid you model it on a bigger size. I know Ozempic has the industry in a chokehold right now, but this is giving Jenny Craig. It's giving Jared from Subway. It's giving Weight Watchers. What was the concept? Comparing it to actual weight loss campaigns lets me know that this is just a personal issue and there was nothing wrong with the photo. Well, I will say that everybody is entitled to their own opinion. And when I was reading like the caption of what she posted, she did say she was triggered. And you know how I feel about triggers is that's kind of something that you personally need to work on and resolve and figure out why is it once again other people they're doing thing that's really none of your business not harming anybody why is it that you feel so attacked by it you know like you said if there was not a campaign shaming anyone i don't see you know what what the big issue it is that you said but also I'm not fat, so I don't know how that feels. You know what I'm saying? I might get offended if it was something else that applies to me. So I can't really say for sure. Um, I feel like this is a case of just somebody taking something a bit too far that was not... However, they received it. Mm-hmm. Like in cases like this, where there's, to me, no evidence of any actual phobia. I understand when people say people are too sensitive these days. Mm-hmm. Only in cases like this, and it has nothing to do with her being a larger person. It's just, there was nothing offensive. Mm-hmm. She was know. just triggered. But that's different from something actually like, oh my gosh, this is mad offensive. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's the difference between that and somebody personally just feeling away. It's nothing wrong with her feelings, but now you're making a campaign about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. She came out with the photo shoot and retaliation in which she was like wearing super small jeans but like they were like just wrapped around her chest or like her legs because they like actually couldn't fit her and I don't know you know what I'm saying I didn't totally get that but it is what it is I don't totally subscribe to people being too sensitive nowadays I feel like for a long time there was no space to hold people accountable for what they were doing if it was harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and now people are doing that. Some people, like you said, they might take stuff personally that is not personal. Mm-hmm. But I think that her feelings are valid. I don't think she's being too sensitive. 
I'm not invalidating her feelings. I'm just saying it just really seems like a personal problem and not something that you should start a movement over. Mm -hmm. And this is me saying this with, again, without, I didn't see any context of this being something that was fat phobic. So that's why I'm saying that. Mm. Now, if it comes out that this was, I don't know. I'm not sure how it could be fat phobic. I would really just need to see it. I think she was mostly saying too, like in her her post on her page, is that the accessibility for bigger women specifically, clothes that fit them, is just not there. You know what I'm saying? They're only just starting to really break into plus size fashion and actually be fashionable, be comfortable for them to wear. And she just felt like, now here goes a skinny bitch wearing big jeans. Like, it's that's the fashion statement. When this is an actual, a real issue that needs to be brought to awareness. I feel like addressing it that way would have been better than her just saying this is fat phobic. Mm-hmm. Because all we're getting is you're offended instead of what you just said. Yeah. Well, that's that. You guys let us know um, how you feel in the comments. If that would have been offensive to you or just like, you know, if it's, it's just like it wasn't even worth bringing up. Yeah. You ready for the affirmation of the week? Affirm us, baby. This week's affirmation is, what can you do? What can you do? We've been watching, <laughs> what's the show called? Because I can't never think of the name. <laughs> Shining Veil. Yeah, we've been watching Shining Veil. Well, I watched the first season and I was like convinced her she have to watch it because it's so funny. It is a very funny show. We talked about it a few weeks ago on an episode, but on this last season, the the one character specifically, she's always like, what can you do? <laughs> and ever since I've seen that, for some reason, other people are saying it too on other shows. Like, it's happening everywhere now. It's kind of giving go with the flow vibes. Mm-hmm. It's giving it is what it is. Yeah. It's giving half acceptance for this moment. And I feel like if something is out of your control, then you should just like, you know, let it go. Yeah. I mean, what can you do? And if the answer is nothing, chill out. Take a nap. Have a snack. (laughs) So what are we discussing this week? On today, we are discussing anxiety, fears, internal turmoil. Different context, but so anxious. (laughs) I don't want to go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it going. I need a minute. (laughs) You got it. He wasn't ready for I gotta keep time. hearing the beat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, like we usually do, we just want to, I guess, clarify what is anxiety. Anxiety. You know, a lot of people, 
I feel like nowadays, especially since after COVID, people are throwing around mental health conditions like mm-hmm. nobody's business, subscribing to it, you haven't been diagnosed. And there's okay with diagnosing yourself to a certain extent, but I feel like it kind of takes away from the importance and awareness for people who actually live with anxiety every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, anxiety is really just like an excessive fear where you like stressed out, you know what I'm saying? You just can't be present in a moment and you feel like you, like something's wrong. Like you're off kilter, but in a very tense way, like it's the physical version of the pressure is getting worse (laughs) (laughs) for real. Yeah, like anxiety can cause you to have like panic attacks. It can cause you to be antisocial. It can cause you to have mental health issues, even Mm. though it's in itself is a mental health disorder, which is, I mean, symptom of a symptom of a symptom, right? Yeah, there's no escape. (laughs) Yeah. Every time I say the word escape, I think about Dory saying escape. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. What show was we watching and they was doing that? They was like pronouncing something and it wasn't. Um, Oh, it's that 70s show. And like Fez, mm because he like supposedly English is not his first language. So he'll just Mm -hmm. like say stuff that's not really English. But I feel like it's something else. Like it's a woman. And they'd be like, that could be anything. Correcting her, like, that's not how you say it. But, anywho, <laughs> um, anxiety can impact everybody on different levels. And I feel like it's important to recognize do you have anxiety or are you anxious? I feel like everybody gets anxious, it's an emotion. Everybody doesn't have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anxious is like, oh my gosh, like I have to do this big presentation. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous. I feel like being anxious is a moment to moment thing. It's something mm-hmm. that you experience, just like happiness or sadness or anger. It doesn't linger with you. Whereas mm-hmm. having anxiety, it lingers with you for months. It might not, you may never pass or heal from whatever that thing is that's making you have so much stress and worry. So there's totally a difference. You know what I'm saying? If if it debilitates you in a way, then I feel like that is anxiety. Yeah. It's hard out here. Do you feel like you have anxiety or are you an anxious person? I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. There was a time... My entire college experience was me sitting in my room. And without knowing too much, it just seems like, oh, you're just fucking weird and you don't have any friends. But I was literally afraid to go outside. Mm-hmm. Could never put my finger on why. But just the idea of stepping outside of my room 
was scary. It still is, but it's not in the same capacity. I've worked my way through some of the fear of being outside. Where it's like, you know where you're going, you know what you got to do. I basically just got to talk myself through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when I first met you, you were like so anxious and I didn't mm -hmm. understand but that's because at that point I refused to see myself as having anxiety mm -hmm. you know like when you're just what is the word um it's like when you're high functioning mm -hmm. so like you can have anxiety but you're basically pushing it to the side or burning burying it because you feel like you don't have the time to pay attention to it or to like really feel how it. you feel yeah. yeah but definitely when I met you I was like god damn <laughs> yeah I would put off going to the store for like groceries weeks. groceries like it just it's it can be very easy for me to not do anything because I don't want to go outside. Mm -hmm. Like it's scary. <laughs> it's definitely even just to check the mailbox. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. Um, anxiety is actually the most common mental health disorder mm -hmm. in the whole world, and it affects over three hundred million people. And this statistic was like since 2019. Mm -hmm. Imagine like now since COVID, it's probably like even more than that. Like I would say it probably doubled because that's the time when people really stopped and sat with themselves and their feelings and realized like, oh my God, a lot of the shit I'll be forcing myself to do, but I don't like it. Like mm -hmm. once I got to be at home by myself, like not have to do anything, not have to go outside. And then once I had to go back into those situations, I was like, damn. I do have anxiety. I actually don't like this shit. It makes me sweaty and... Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> What's that song? We were just singing in the car the other day, Eminem. Um, his, his palms, palms are sweaty. Knees weak, arms are heavy. <laughs> Lose yourself. That's the name of the song. That honestly gives what it's supposed to give as far as he was as anxious anxiety. i mean yeah <laughs> can you imagine like something that you it's the first time you're doing it or maybe there's a large audience or you don't feel as confident those are the situations when you are just anxious yeah yeah um <laughs> so funny more women than men are impacted by anxiety why do you think that is? We have more to be afraid of. Yeah. I've, men, there's a certain level of they don't have a fear when they go outside. Like, you don't need to think about holding your keys a certain way just in case somebody tries to attack you. And you got to be able to use something. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. And I feel like just because the world is like more catered to men, even going to work every day, you could have anxiety about different things. Like me as a black woman, I might have anxiety about my appearance Mm -hmm. and like people commenting it or like wearing different hairstyles or, you know, I just might have anxiety if I'm a woman working in a predominantly male space. Like, there's so many things I feel like that impact us as women on a daily basis that give us anxiety. Um, Even being a mom. Like, that's... Soon as you become a mom, you start to understand what anxiety really is because it's totally out of your control what's happening to your kids when you send them to school, when you send them to the babysitter. Mm -hmm. And you just be worried. Even if there's no real situation occurring... To make you have that fear. Mm-hmm. It's like. But I'm scared. Yeah. Um, anxiety is one of those conditions. Where it's like. It's one thing. But then it impacts other things. And those other things. Can also just add to your anxiety. It's like a never ending cycle. Like. That what what makes it feel so overwhelming for people with anxiety, depending on what it is that they might have anxiety around. Like, yeah. If you have anxiety, you're more prone to be depressed. You're more prone to be suicidal. You're more prone to have substance or drug abuse problems, and that's kind of scary when you think about that. Yeah. That's why it's good to have healthy addictions, like <laughs> healthy working addictions. out. <laughs> everything is not healthy. <laughs> addictions are not healthy, period. It's like you have to do everything in moderation with balance. Like, yeah. Um, as a life path five, though, we are very prone to addictions because we're pleasure-seeking people. And... Yeah. One thing I'm gonna do is, you know, get my rocks off. <laughs> <laughs> get those rocks off. I still remember vaguely, like when I realized that I was actually addicted to going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Twan pointed it out to me, per use, and I had to sit with it for us <clears throat> for a second because I was like. That's not a thing. I'm not addicted to going to the gym. That's crazy. I just like to work out. But, you know. I feel like addiction is anything that is an unhealthy coping mechanism. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like you need it, more than likely you are addicted. Not too much on me. Um... You should go back and watch our episode about healthy coping mechanisms. And it's actually probably our most watched or listened to episode mm-hmm. ever, which is Sunshine on Me. That's that episode? Mm-hmm. And you was literally talking about your addiction about working out, too. Yikes. Yeah. Maybe I need to revisit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely revisit it. Um... I feel like anxiety goes so much under the radar because there are so many barriers between people getting the care that they need for these conditions. Mm -hmm. One in four people are likely to actually get help with it. One in four. 
I mean, three hundred million people, <laughs> and one in every four. What are you gonna do? <laughs> You're gonna go to see Samani. Go talk to that lady. Yeah. A lot of those barriers look like, you know, economical. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them look like, I feel like mental health awareness. You're not even realizing, like I said, that that you have anxiety or that anxiety is a thing because it might be so normal to you. Um, I feel like also it's a lack of education of like mental health issues in your community. Mm -hmm. Like when we grow up. People just push mental health issues to the side like it's not important at all. People stigmatize going to therapy or being medicated. And so something that anxiety is treatable, some people will never get treatment for because, you know, they refuse to acknowledge what's going on with them. It's like they just keep living life just the whole their whole lifetime. They're just anxious. On edge about everything. Yikes. You feeling the feels? Yeah. You know what helped at one point? CBD helped me at one point. Mm-hmm. Like. It was. Calming. Like. Yeah. It didn't make the anxiety go away. But it made me not be dwelling in it in the moment. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah. When, as a person that has anxiety, what does that feel like for you? Honestly, it depends on the level of stress. (laughs) Trying to be... um, it depends on the level of stress happening. Like, going outside, that feels like... Mm, with that, my anxiety is, like, talking to me. It's like, you don't really have to go outside. You don't need to do this. I mean, you got some crackers. You'll be good for, like, two days. Like, you don't have to go to the store. But... Like, we talked about it in the last episode with traveling. Then it was more of a physical thing. Like, I feel it in my stomach, in my breathing. Mm. Or if I'm anxious about something and I go to sleep, I'll keep waking up throughout the night and I feel it in my stomach. And it feels like I can't breathe. Mm. Yeah. My stomach's wrong so bad. Your stomach's anxious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what does being anxious feel like to you? For me, it comes across a lot as irritability mm-hmm. because I refuse to like do something about it. So then it gets bad to the point where I'm just like on edge. Like nobody talk to me. Leave me alone. I need my space. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I feel like anxiety in a sense, it makes me feel like lazy, which I feel like laziness is like actually not a real thing. That's just society gaslighting us into not taking time and space to relax and yeah. to heal and you process like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that too. Like, 
kind of what you said about it speaks to you. It's just like, I mean, stay in bed all day. It ain't hurt nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the simplest things that, you know, bring on the anxiety or trigger it. Some Sometimes it's situational, like being in a crowded space. And being uncomfortable in that space, like, you know, Mm -hmm. not familiar with my surroundings, not feeling safe, um, or it just being too many people and me interacting with all that energy, like it real quickly, I'll start getting, you know, anxious. Um, I feel like a lot of my anxiety is like a reflection of my physical health. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm anxious and worried about my health and then stressed about my health but then that makes it worse and then i'm it just keep going and going and going yeah yeah the circle of stress the circle of life <laughs> you mentioned crowds and it made me think of another thing that my anxiety feels like when it's a bunch of two things if it's a bunch of different noises happening at one time, it's like my brain can't handle it. I get extremely overwhelmed and I just have to leave. Like when we went to um, the T-Mobile store. Oh, yeah. And all three of the people working there were talking at the same time. It was so overwhelming to me. I didn't know. I couldn't do anything. Mm. And so I had to just walk out of the store. It was just too much noise happening at one time. And they were just talking. They weren't even loud. Mm -hmm. It was just... That's like working in the call center. Like, eventually you get used to it and you kind of... The noise is normal because it's always happening. Mm -hmm. But when you first start working in that environment, it's like... You're distracted because all of this conversation is happening. You're trying to hone in on one thing that somebody's saying... It just feels like you're trapped, mm-hmm. like, and you can't do nothing about it. Yeah. That or just loud noises in general. If it's just really loud somewhere, I get anxious. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. Or just yeah. like sudden loud noises. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm good with sudden loud noises. i'm looking at her because she randomly had these outbursts of like screams like she just be like excited (laughs) sometimes that she'll just yell like "Ah!" and i just be like (laughs) everything's okay i'm just having a moment i have to express i'll be feeling bad too because then i'm like you know, obviously you realize that overstimulates me, but then mm-hmm. I want you to be yourself and like have your moments of excitement. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, I'll be like, I wish you'd stop doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'm trying to do it in moderation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about, I guess, some of the symptoms. So if you probably have a third or more, well, three fourths. of these symptoms, then you probably have anxiety and you're not just anxious. And I feel like, you know, you should talk to somebody about that, whether it be a therapist, 
or a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you know, it's important for you to like seek help. So, um, if you have trouble concentrating or making decisions, it's like you once again feel debilitated. It's like you just can't do nothing. Um, Yikes. <laughs> also, oh. feeling irritable or tense or restless. Like you just got to do something. You got to move. You got to keep busy. It's like you're just avoiding that you're anxious. You're doing shit to avoid it. I feel like I'm being called out for everything. Um, you can also experience like physical symptoms that could be look like nausea. Like you're literally getting dizzy because you're so overwhelmed. Um, and also it can cause you to have abdominal stress. So like that feeling you get in the pit of your stomach, it can mm-hmm. start to impact you physically in your health. Like I personally believe that my Crohn's disease, they say like, oh, you don't know how you get Crohn's disease. It could be genetic, which that's part of it for me because my mom had Crohn's disease. But it's also like it's triggered by a large amount of like stress. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the stress that I was going through in the military and then like when I got separated, I it just went over to the point where now it started affecting my health and now my colon is inflamed and now I have Crohn's disease and I feel like over time I just got more stressed about shit and now I have Crohn's and colitis like that's how important it is to be aware of your mental health because at certain levels it could start impacting you physically and there's no turning back you know what I'm saying there's no turning back once you got some shit that is not curable um also, like having heart palpitations, like feeling like you can't breathe or like just like your be- heart is beating so fast out of your chest. Mm-hmm. Um, sweating, trembling, shaking, having tremors. Those are all symptoms of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like having trouble sleeping, like you said, being up at night, like just up thinking about shit. And mostly it's like a sense of impeding doom like the world is gonna end that's what it feel like in that moment when you have an anxiety attack it's like you are just in this extreme amount of panic and it cannot be resolved like on your own Mm -hmm. so yeah (laughs) I feel like Specifically, if you have anxiety, it's important to figure out ways to help it. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I didn't realize that planning things, like planning how my time, like going to places early and stuff like that, I didn't realize that that was a way that helps with my anxiety mm-hmm. because if I don't give myself two hours even though I probably don't need two hours like I feel like I'm rushing mm-hmm. and I get anxious and then I'm like low-key irritable but I'd be like just trying to hide it it's not low-key <laughs> 
Anybody who thinks their ear section is low-key is really not aware of what's going on. And not just their vibe, but like, what can I say? Like, the energy it is that they're putting out and people are receiving, like. Well, I guess I say low-key because I'm comparing it to, I guess, what I'm holding back. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't even realize that that was helping with my anxiety until um, Max, like, I guess understanding why he needs to know things ahead of time. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, is that why I do that? Yeah. It's a huge thing. And I was going to bring that up, too. My son has so much anxiety. He worries about things that are unimaginable. And he it really will ruin his whole day if he's not mentally and emotionally prepared for whatever is going to come next. And I had to learn like at least three days in advance. I need to give him a notice of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I try my best not to like spring something on him. Or even though we have like a system. Like every Monday or every Tuesday we go to the library. Mm-hmm. He knows we go into the library on those days. And so that's part of our routine. And that has helped both him and me dramatically. Because at first I didn't understand like. You know it's like boy get in the car. Anybody got time for this bullshit. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like. No, you have to make time for this because then that spilled over into, you know, his anger issues. Mm -hmm. Like, because he felt like he couldn't control what was happening. It was making him so irritable that he got mad. Mm -hmm. And sometimes seeing it in somebody else make you realize, like, that you need to have better coping mechanisms for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that you could do. I feel like setting your future self up for success if certain things, you know, like bring you anxiety, like what you said about running late or whatever it might be, just like knowing yourself, knowing what causes your anxiety and then kind of getting ahead of it. Like I will feel less anxious if I do this Mm -hmm. before this activity, you know, like sometimes I could talk to somebody and then when I go into a situation, I won't have anxiety or at least as much anxiety as before. You know, like sometimes I just need that reassurance from a loved one. Like, it's going to be okay. Or like, yeah. think about this instead. And that's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There is one thing that a lot of people say to do is called the 333 method and this is basically a tool to help ground yourself and that's really what anxiety is is that we're not grounded you know what i'm saying we we're basically all over the place and we can't just like be stable in our emotions and so it makes us start losing it <laughs> the 33 method is you name three things that you can see you name three things that you can hear and then you move three different body parts. And so what this is, is brings awareness to where you are, acknowledging what is happening, and then acknowledging also what do you feel inside. And that also, I'm here. This moment, I can't control this moment, but I can control me. Mm-hmm. So that is extremely helpful. 
Period. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did want to briefly go over that there are different types of anxiety. And so this is the difference of really knowing, am I anxious or do I have anxiety? Because mm-hmm. one of these types are going to align with you or more than one because they can coexist. Um, so there's generalized anxiety disorder. And that pretty much is like when you have excess, excessive worry, even just with your daily tasks. Like you said, going to the store, um, maybe getting dressed in the morning, taking care of your hygiene, stuff like that. If that brings you anxiety then it's it's just general you know it's not one specific thing that's causing it it's just on average you know you you're anxious not to interrupt but as i interrupt (laughs) speaking to people also brings me a great deal of anxiety Mm -hmm. like and i don't mean trying to have a conversation that does it too but literally just saying hello to people or good morning i hate it because i don't know what's coming next mm-hmm. it's like are you gonna ask me how i'm doing do i have to ask you how you doing yeah and that is called social anxiety disorder and it brings about high levels of fear and worry in social situations Maybe sometimes you might feel humiliated. You might feel embarrassed. You might feel like you don't fit in. You might feel like you just don't want to engage with somebody. And that alone would just put you into a spiral. And then people think like, oh, having panic attacks. Yes, that can be a symptom of anxiety. But that's also a type of anxiety is panic disorder where mm-hmm. it don't matter what you are, what you are doing, doing. You just start to lose a sense of yourself. And literally, it's like if your body could have an asthma attack, I feel like that's what it feels like. Everything in you is just like, I need to get out of here. You're going into, um, like, what do they call it? Like, fear or fight or flight. Fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like scary. Yeah. Um,. And then there's also agoraphobia and this is anxiety of situations that could possibly be avoided. Okay. And you're going to avoid these situations at all costs. So like certain things that trigger you, certain situations, you, you're going to avoid it because you already know that it's going to start making you feel trapped. It's going to make you feel helpless and just really not want to be where you are doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, there's separation anxiety I feel like a lot of people this is common for and they don't realize it they don't realize like why do I feel so off when I leave from certain people mm-hmm. and it's because we be codependent or there's something called like co-emotional regulation which is like the healthy version of being codependent mm-hmm. where you're Feeding off of each other's energy in a positive way. Like to regulate each other's nervous systems. Where codependency is like an addiction to a person. 
Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not with this person, if I can't see this person, then it's like all hell is going to break loose. But yeah, you can have separate anxiety for real. You ever like a lot of animals have say separation anxiety, like when their owners leave them at home or something, they'll be like whining the whole time. They'll be like screaming, trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Like they are scared. They're anxious. They're like, I'm in this cage. My mm-hmm. owner just left. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Uh. Then there's um, specific phobias. So say like if you have a fear of spiders, you know that you have anxiety uh, around spiders. You know what I'm saying? It's specific to that situation. If you've been essayed in the past, you may have anxiety being around a certain gender. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that could really be the simplest thing, but it also could be something that it just has traumatized you so much in the past that anytime yet you are faced with something that feels like it, that looks like that experience, you just freeze up. When I was working at Paul Mitchell, it was this one student and she had been assaulted. And at the time that she was being assaulted, they were playing like Lana Del Rey. Mm -hmm. And so after that incident, every time she heard Lana Del Rey, that sent her into a panic attack. It made her feel exactly how she felt in that moment when that was happening to her. And I feel like kind of like the specific phobias can be like the scariest situations for real because it does feel like that it does feel like you're exactly in that moment sometimes for me even just talking about a situation i'll start having anxiety i will avoid feeling talking about something acknowledging something that happened to me because it puts me in such an anxious state like i'm even getting emotional like talking about and thinking about it like I hate that feeling. Yeah. Um, and then the last type is selective muti- mutism. And this is really causes like affects your ability to speak. So say like if you have a fear of speaking, public speaking, if when you're a kid, you got to do a report and that literally debilitates you. You cannot give that report speaking in front of those people. Um. And they do say this one primarily affects like children Mm -hmm. because as you get older, you know, you become more confident or maybe you're you just place yourself in positions and environments where you feel safe at. So you don't have to encounter anxiety, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I guess lastly, before we moved on to the next segment, I kind of just wanted to really focus on treatments for anxiety and like what you can do to prevent being you know, like having anxiety regularly or just like, you know, forming healthier coping mechanisms or habits that's going to support you when it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I have like a whole system in place for my anxiety and like still sometimes that doesn't even matter. Um, like I see a therapist, I see a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I see a therapist and I see a psychiatrist. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. 
Psychologists, they basically study the mind and the behaviors of human and animals. They have a doctorate in psychology and they do not prescribe medication. Okay. And so a psychiatrist, they're actually in a branch of medicine. They have to study medicine and understand why are they prescribing certain people with certain things. Mm -hmm. And it's more dealing with like serious conditions of mental um, emotional and behavior disorders and they are a medical doctor like they're a doctor I mean you're a doctor when you get a doctorate but you know mm -hmm. what I mean yeah um, and of course they can prescribe medication and working with those people like it helps you to develop different thought processes they help you to maybe change the way you think about the traumatizing event or the social situation that you might be in and then they help you form coping mechanisms like what you were saying like maybe arranging it so that you have more time or that you know you need a more notice of things or whatever mm -hmm. it is that is going to help you you have to figure that out by like really listening to your body and paying attention that when you get in those situations what can calm you down what can bring you back to like where you need to be yeah um and then of course there's stress management i feel like when you are less stressed out then you're less prone to have anxiety attack so you know what do you do to help combat stress that could look like self-care that could look like taking time so that you don't get burnt out that could look like listening to music mm -hmm. talking to somebody that actually cares about you yeah no that's a fact <laughs> yeah um and then like the last thing is antidepressants mm -hmm. a lot of people are like you know against them or they feel like they want to have like a more holistic approach and there are holistic methods you can do to help with your anxiety, like breath work, meditation, um, even getting Reiki, all those things can help. But sometimes when you feel like totally helpless and you can try everything under the sun, that might be time for you to like really consider and think about being prescribed something. For years, yeah. I was, like, totally against it. Like, even when Max got diagnosed with DMD and ADHD, we tried the medication for, like, a couple of months. And then Max said he didn't like it. And when Max said he didn't like it, I took him off of it. And then even just from that experience, I was like, yeah, I never, I don't want to take medicine. I don't want to take medicine. But then I got into the point where I was, like, debilitated. Like, every single day was a chore to get out of the bed. A chore to even brush my teeth. And I was like you need some help and a few people that were close to me my sister one of my best friends they were medicating they're like i'm taking this this has helped me so much i can focus more i'm more relaxed on a daily basis i don't get you know as tense and as stressed about situations that i used to and that's what really motivated me to like become medicated yeah. And the reason you get medicated is to like help get you on the right track and eventually slowly, you know, you stop taking them because mm -hmm. you learn better mechanisms, you know, for for yeah. your triggers. That's the thing. It's not to be on them forever. It's just to assist. And even if you're somebody that might need to take them for a long amount of time, it's nothing wrong with that. Mm hmm. Yeah. 
because there's all type of causes or triggers that might bring on anxiety and it's really just specific to your situation you know it it's really a psychological and social health condition and so if you've lived through anything that was extremely stressful for you any abusive situation severe loss or even very very traumatic experiences you more than likely have anxiety in specific situations and it's important to tend to that to be aware of where you are so that you can know how you can help yeah yeah you want to get into mental health matters mental (laughs) (laughs) mercury retrograde is eating me up and it's not even started yet I'm going to include that in the song. <clears throat> Put that H in there. <laughs> Mental health matters. It sounds like you encouraging people to get a cigarette. Like, because it's like mental. <laughs> okay, I don't want to support that. Mental health matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this week for Mental Health Matters... Um, I wanted to suggest like something that I heard a while ago and this really helps me sometimes process my anxiety is that your body doesn't know the difference between anxiousness or excitement. Those same feelings and emotions that you have that Mm -hmm. bubbling in your stomach when you're exciting, exciting, excited. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same feelings that you might have when you're anxious. So maybe if you could transmute that emotion or like, you know, where something that you might be afraid of. You're like, okay, how can I put myself in a more space to be excited about what's happening instead of fearful what's happening? Like, just knowing what's next in life. You can look at it like, fuck, I don't know what's happening next in life. I I can't do anything that's just going to debilitate me. Debilitate me. Mm-hmm. Or you can look like, I don't know what's coming next. And that's exciting because it could be better than what I'm experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like how you choose to look at things because we design in our own experience. You know what I'm saying? And although yeah. sometimes anxiety is out of our control, it's like all about switching up your mindset and your beliefs because whatever you believe is true. So if you believe that, you know, this is making you so feel just so shitty then it's gonna keep making you feel shitty yeah and it's a practice you gotta practice doing it it's not something that you learn and you can just do it from that point on Mm -hmm. you have to intentionally think different yeah I the best analogy to me is like getting on a roller coaster I personally do not like roller coasters I am scared of roller coasters I hate how it makes me feel that feeling you get in your stomach when it's like going up and down like it's like the on the large scale of the feeling you get on a swing when you're going starting to go high mm-hmm. and i absolutely hate roller coasters but for some people that is truly exciting for them and it's the, the exact thrill. same emotions yeah they're like thrilled by it they excited about it they like get a rush from it mm-hmm. so yeah yeah um i love a good roller coaster but nothing too crazy i remember the first time i got on a stand-up roller coaster it was like against 
my own personal rules to ever get on anything like that. Because it just seemed... It didn't make sense how it wasn't more dangerous. Mm -hmm. But I got on one finally and it was like, huh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, it's always been that bad to me. I still remember (laughs) the very first roller coaster I got on. And it was at Geauga Lake. This before it was Six Flags in -hmm. Cleveland. But it used to be called Geauga Lake. And it was this roller coaster. I can't remember what it's called, but like... It goes up real, real high, and then it drops you down. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It was like... Sound like the drop zone. I, I can't remember what it was called, but... Ever since that roller coaster, I just... Mm-mm. No. Why was that the first one? See, that... They had When you first that. walk into the theme park, that's the first one that's there. And people are like, let's go get on it. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> you needed to come to King's Dominion and get on the Scooby Doo roller coaster ride. I wasn't going to King's Dominion. <laughs> it was like ten hours away. That's the that's a good intro to roller coasters for people, and that's the one ride that you have to ride every time you go to King's Dominion, no matter how old you are. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I always get inspired by other people who really love roller coasters, like Eva. She is a roller coaster fanatic. Mm-hmm. there'll be adults on the same roller coaster as her and she'll be going on six times in a row and you'll see somebody getting off and throwing up like or they're holding <laughs> the bars like the whole time and Eva's just like <laughs> like so happy and she's only eight years old like she's and for that for her that experience girl. is just exciting yeah like I don't know how she do it, but, you know, if she do inspire me, I'd be like, dang, if my baby can do it, maybe I can do it. But in reality, if I get on a roller coaster, when I get up there, I start hyperventilating. I start crying. I'm like, is it too late for me to get off? I don't know. I want to get off this thing. I want to get off. But then it's always too late for you to get off. You start hearing the bars clicking in my head. I'm just like, what the fuck? Why did I get on this? Like, dang. Yeah. It's like a whole crazy. situation. <laughs> It's the whole situation for me. Damn. I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can move into Forest Bias. This week, Forest Bias is kind of heavy. It's not something that is like exciting or enthusiastic. Like, shout out to this black person. Mm-hmm. It's really just bringing awareness to things that happen in our community and women's lives and especially women who serve in the military um recently my best friend joined an organization it's called the pink berets and essentially they offer resources and a community to women who have had traumatic experiences while they were serving um and so they have like you know retreats that they do they just for different events to like you know get people involved and just have like that sisterhood so you know that you can kind of like heal from a lot of these things because sometimes we feel like we're alone in what happened to us but then when you get in a group of people you're like you know what okay like I'm not the only person who went through this like I can be supported by this um yeah and I feel like that's so amazing like that they're doing that. Um, Shout out. 
And what really brought me to want to speak about this is one of the women that is part of the organization, she's been posting about it like nonstop, nonstop on her Instagram page. I'll definitely repost on our story because I don't remember her name. But that's not important because we're here to talk about PFC Denisha Montgomery Smith. If you guys have not heard about her and what happened to her, she was serving overseas and uh, she was a woman that was predominantly working with men. She was complaining about being hazed, harassed by, you know, her fellow soldiers and nobody in her chain of command did anything. She was contacting her family. She was sending them videos of her like having bruises, saying that she's scared, saying that like, you know, she want to go home. And it was very obvious that something was wrong. And something was not okay. Mm -hmm. Only four weeks later, she come up missing. And the military is somehow, they don't know what happened to the, to the girl. They don't know what's happened. And when she's found, she was raped. She had been kidnapped and killed. And it sounds like something that doesn't happen all the time. And it's just like, you know, that doesn't really happen all the time. But that's not true. It does happen all the time. Countless women have been murdered while serving their country because men are disgusting and crazy and gross. When I got to my ship and like this is what made me really want to get involved into this organization because of how I was impacted by serving in the military. When I got to my ship, um, I, it was like, I, I think I was like the 10th or Maybe maybe like the seventh female to get there because before the ship was all male. So they were just starting to integrate it once I got there. So that's about 300 people. And thinking about that, only 10 of them being women mm -hmm. and what type of environment that we were working in. When I got there, I was being hazed. People were just talk well, not people, men were just talking to me shitty. I had to work so hard to prove myself. Like, it was very hard. And on top of it being hard, it was unsafe. Because a lot of times men feel like they can just take your body. That if you don't want to have sex with them, that they're they're gonna do it anyways you know what i'm saying and like i was a person who who was sexually assaulted when i was serving in the military and not only was i sexually assaulted i had to continue working with that person every single day and subordinate is when they hire a lord in you um lord okay so i was the subordinate so i knew that if i came forward and said anything about what happened to me i would likely get kicked off my ship there would be no consequences to the, for the person that did it. And I would be the one that would be shamed and discarded. And so I didn't say anything. But there's somebody I know that did say something. And that's exactly what happened to them. And so many women go through this every single day. So many people experience, you know, what it was that PFC Denisha experienced. And she still has not gotten justice. The military still has not taken accountability for what happened to her or um, brought anybody to justice. N nothing. Mm -hmm. So 
I just want to raise awareness about this and like, you know, cause, cause this is a serious thing. So yeah. 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 Mm, men are gross. Um, yeah, absolutely. And not to say that women cannot assault men, but it's just more than likely the other thing. Cause it's, it's a power thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can move into the breaks. Okay. What's popping? What's new this week? What's popping? What's popping? What's popping, Tim? <laughs> the only thing that really matters, Pink Friday 2 is here. We've made it. Um, yeah. I haven't listened to the whole thing. I started, I made it to the track with J. Cole. I have to go back and finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's Nikki. She does the slow intro thing. <laughs> Wasn't a fan of that. Um, so I probably will never listen to track one ever again. But, you know... She gets right into letting you hoes know that she is top two and not two. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. As much as I enjoy hype Nikki, shit talking Nikki, I enjoy when she's vulnerable and when she is sharing something that she experienced on the track. I enjoy those slow songs and slow moments i did not make it through the album i think i probably got like a third of the way so i didn't hit any of the songs that you're talking about but um i enjoyed it i feel like it made me feel more connected to her as a person i usually feel that way with most artists are like you know spitting some real shit that maybe nobody else knows about them yeah she gave me that on uh paint front yeah. And that's what I needed at that time. I'm good with that. You know, she could have left it all there on that album. But more things have happened in her life. Obviously, she's a mother now, so mm-hmm. there's that. But I came to dance, girl. <laughs> I came to dance and put my finger in people's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trick. Yeah. That's what you came to do. Yeah. Shout out to Soulja Boy. I've been thinking about him a lot lately. He's still YouTubing it up, vlogging it up. He's giving a lot to the community. And he was the first, I feel like, rapper to really blow up on YouTube. And Mm. he's impacted the industry for real. He might not be out here rapping all the time, but he's producing some of your favorite songs right now. Y'all really should recognize him for his talents. The man, the man has it. You know, who he is as a person and his personal life aside, <laughs> you can't deny what he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything for music of the week? Um, no, I haven't really been listening to anybody for real or anything specific. I did listen to my preseason playlist, which is like. A throwback sex playlist. Mm-hmm. 
but not too throwback. There is a throwback sex playlist if you're interested. Auntie's playlist. Nah, auntie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a vibe. Anytime I want to sing, I just put a sex playlist on because I likely know all the words. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, you're not a big R&B girl. Like, you do, like, R&B music, but yeah. that's probably not what you're going to put on on Ten Chances. Yeah. Because um. I came to dance. Felt. Yeah. Um, As I've said many, many times, that I am very emo, and my music taste does reflect that. This week, I haven't been really listening to anything either i've been like trying to refine my playlist and my music catalog like my apple music Mm -hmm. so i just been like listening on shuffle to everything that i have like saved and just throwing songs out that i never really liked maybe Mm -hmm. i downloaded a whole album and uh, i don't fuck with the songs you know, it'd be like one or two good songs on there. Yeah. Or maybe just songs that I thought was good, but they're really not. And I never listen to them. I always skip them. I want it to be to the point where I could put on my music on shuffle and have no skips. Unless it's just like, sometimes you're not in the mu- mood yeah. for a song. But you know what I mean? And no mm-hmm. skips, like, it's not like, get this shit out of here. I hate this song, you know? It's a banger after banger. Yeah. So that's all I've been on for real. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to customization of music. Yeah, no, shout out. And I guess the AI behind them, you know, offering us playlists or recommending music to us. I really do appreciate that. I think that's more programming than the AI, but. Okay. Yeah. Nerd I wouldn't alert. know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a tech genius. <laughs> um, well, we can slide into reeling in. It's our last segment today. I don't know why I thought we was about to wrap it up. One eight six six. What if I told you? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's life, Jennings. Uh, I can't remember what the song is, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If the baby's yours. You know what I'm talking about? Hypothetically. Yes. Hypothetically, of course. Track seven. Yeah. Yeah, that was about. Um, this week, we have <laughs> like a few things coming up that I feel like one or both of us excited about mm-hmm. you sent me the bob marley one love trailer and mm-hmm. if you guys don't know i love bob marley me and cherry before we started recording we was just talking about artists who we've actually listened to every last one of their albums and he's definitely one of those people for me that like it doesn't matter what album it is it's gonna slap for me that's crazy. I do love reggae music, and I feel like even though reggae existed before Bob Marley, mm-hmm. he really did put it on the map as far as to me like mainstream. And he's an icon. He is an icon. I feel like this movie is a long time coming. 
I don't remember who was playing him because I didn't like really look, but some light skinned person. Yeah. But it's gonna be um streaming on Paramount, so get that password, girl. <laughs> um, Harlem's coming back on Amazon Prime and I am thirsty. Yeah, I've been waiting for that show to come back. I didn't realize I was waiting until I saw that it yeah. was coming back. And like First of all, it's only just been renewed, so it's probably going to be a while before we even get season three, but this show always leaves off on a hang, what, a cliffhanger, Mm -hmm. and so now I'm just pressed to see what's about to happen next. If you haven't seen this show yet, like, I'm not even going to give no spoilers, go ahead and start uh, season one, like, right now. You are not going to regret it. It's like girlfriends but realistically i feel like because they're all friends they're all trying to navigate their lives their careers their relationships Mm -hmm. but it's real shit happening it's like it's like girlfriends with hb with insecure production but amazon writing (laughs) that is the thing though um yeah that's the thing what about for you? Was there anything? Um, what's what's that guy's name? Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Also known as Childish Gambino. It depends if you're talking about rapping or acting. He's got. Yeah, I can never think of Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is remaking Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but making it a series that's going to be on Amazon. The trailer looks really good. They had me at Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Sarah Paulson. Yeah. If Sarah Paulson's in it, you got me for at least five minutes. Yeah. Um. Well, and he is a really good writer and producer. He gave us mm-hmm. Atlanta. He gave us that one film with Rihanna. Never saw it. It was great. You watched um, it? Yeah, I watched it. It's on Amazon right now. Go mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it's called, but... That's okay. Um, yeah, I respect him as a talent, as a person. That's a whole nother situation. Yeah. But yeah. What do you make of time for this week? Time management? (laughs) You say that, but I feel like you're good at managing your time for the most part. I feel like I'm not because I always feel like I don't have time to do what I want. I think that is us living in a society that's collapsing right now. I think that might be what it is. Maybe. Um, what am I making time for this week? What you making time for? I really just want to make time to play Sims, but I know that's not a good answer. Oh my gosh, I was low-key thinking I'm making time for playing the game. Well, nah. well <laughs> there you have it. Are we on the same accord again this week? Period. It's been a lot like that lately, though. I feel like we be reading and feeling each other's thoughts and emotions. Yeah. Yeah. We're connected. I knew you was going to say that. (laughs) I was looking at the YouTube comments from videos. Uh, Or maybe it might have been TikTok because I was looking at both. And you put on the comments, stay connected. But you spelled it like... (laughs) Connected. Connected. Because like, you know the vibes. I'm going to play that song after this. 
in her headphones. Yeah, put them on. You gotta hear the. I don't. You have to hear the violation of. I don't even know what to call it. When you put that song on, I have the same feelings you have when I put on like Kid Cudi. Okay, I won't do you like that. Yeah, I respect you. Okay. Well, without further ado, I've I've got got time. time.